This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I am Jeff Nowak. He is Steve Geller. And this is going to be a segment where we break down what did work, what didn't work, and basically just more airing of frustrations, but more specific in terms of this game. Um, And the the first one for me, and I know that you you feel the same way, and I heard Bobby talking about it. He feels the same way. Tight end Jawan Johnson. Um, This is a guy who is very easy to root for. You know, he's, he's, he's a fun guy. You know, he's, he's very smart. He just had a, he just had his first baby, you know, he and his wife, Shannon are, you know, very great social media stars. They have this huge following on TikTok, and he's a guy who converted from wide receiver had been getting better and better over the last couple of years. He led the team in touchdowns last year. He got a new contract and it was like, okay, expectations are elevated and we expect him to deliver. And instead what you've seen is just, not that. 18 catches for 142 yards. That's obviously only over eight games. He's missed. He missed a couple games with that calf injury, and I think he was limited against the Packers in terms of like he was dealing with that injury throughout the week, and you know he played, but it, like he then left, missed the next three games, and blah blah blah. The the interception today, and we can we can criticize Derek Carr for missing At Perry open uh, on the other side of the field, but at the end of the day, he took a safe throw underneath to his tight end, who was also open. And you expect the ball to hit your tight end in the hands and for him to catch it. Like, we can criticize Derek Carr for not making a different throw, but at the end of the day, your tight end is supposed to be your security blanket. It's supposed to be the guy you can just get a safe five, six yards. This is the first play of the game. You're not necessarily looking for a bomb throw on the first play of the game. You're looking for positive yardage. So I can't blame the quarterback for throwing it to his tight end, but that ball just hit him on the hands and bounced up. Like he didn't just drop it. He knocked it up into the air. And like, that's man, like you not only are not contributing, you are actively scoring points for the other team. He had two other targets in that game. 
the one one of them was from Taysom Hill, which I would call a drop. I don't know if it'll technically be called a drop, but I'm going to call it a drop. And he had another one that was definitely catchable. So he had three targets in that game. He failed to catch all three of them. The other tight ends, Jimmy Graham caught a touchdown, which mystery continues in terms of he's he's got two catches and two touchdowns. Like, why are we not using him? Anyway, moving on. Uh, Austin Morrow had a a productive game. He had two catches and 30-something yards. Jawan Johnson is supposed to be the tight end one. You you paid him, and you go into these games, and you watch these Sam Laporta and TJ Hawkinson and Cole. Just eat the Saints defense a lot. At the, from the tight end position. And then you watch the Saints tight ends and you're like, you're going like, to poke them with a stick. Are they alive? You know I mean? <laughs> we did get Jimmy sighting. We did. And and good. Like he's in my stock up in terms of right, we asked right. him to do one thing and he did it. Um, <laughs> I think he might have been the same play as he scored on against the Packers. It looked very similar. But like, you know, I came into this season with very high expectations yes. for Jawan Johnson. And, you know, of all the things that under underwhelmed this season, he might be at the top of the list. I totally agree with you. And I, I said this in the post game off mic with Bobby. And I was like, I promise you, I will never overvalue anything that I see in training camp. Because yeah. I really thought that Juwan was poised for another huge leap up this season. And today it was like, what happened to your hands? <laughs> Just uh, totally, you know, Mouth dropped. Mouth dropped. I, I, it's not the same guy. I don't know what's going on with him, uh, kind of thing. I don't think he's been dealing with any injuries, you know, since coming back. It just, but I mean, the the hands were the issue here, and I don't know if it's a lack of concentration. I thought he was coming in early. I remember with Derek Carr trying to get, you know, in vibe with him, and we we have not seen it. It just hasn't been, uh, hasn't been something that. Uh, has come out at all like it hasn't been even like a, a glimpse of the breakout game for Jawan kind of thing yeah and and it seemed well it seemed like he was coming along right like he had a couple decent games not, nothing crazy yardage wise but he had a touchdown against the bears you know he had a he had a you know four catches i think against atlanta but like this is a game where you went into it without two of your top three wide receivers and chris Olave, you know he cleared the concussion protocol. He had another good game, 100 yards receiving, I think 119. Well, you know, a good chunk of that came on a bizarre tip ball, um, which, you know, at least something went the Saints way. They almost got lucky again. There was another play that tipped off, I want to say, Alvin's hands. And, like, I thought for a second Marquez came up with it. And if that had happened, I'd be like, oh, they're going to win this game. It's finally their moment. Um, but, yeah, this is a game where it's like you need Juwan. Like, you came into this, like, you're down. So many playmakers, like – someone's got to step up and that should be zero. Not a no catch. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what his deal is. Uh, it's not good. Moving on to, you know, we talked about this, but yeah, Colt, not Cole Komet, but he was another one. Uh, <laughs> Sam Laporta, just the latest uh, in a series of tight ends eating your lunch. Nine catches monster. on nine targets. Every single time they threw the ball to Sam Laporta in this game. He caught it. Of course. He caught it. 140 yards and a touchdown. And and one of those catches was on third down late in the game. The Saints had third and, what, seven? And you get off the field and you get the ball back and you have a chance to go win the game, right? Nope. Yeah. He threw it to Sam Laporta, and that's the easy button. Like, it's going to be a catch. The next the, draw, you know. 
I mean, geez, they make this. These same, if, if, if like any tight end who's trying to get a contract, just like hopefully, oh, we got the Saints on the schedule. Woo! Let's do it. But man, it's been hard. It's it's hard seeing that. Obviously, it's it's been consistent position that's been able to dominate the team. Yeah. What what also you know the the, the strange thing to me was. Da after the game was asked about why Sam Laporta had such an easy time, like why they were unable to stop him, and he said that you know one of the reasons was that they were devoting extra resources to take away Amon Ross St. Brown, which is interesting. And to be fair, for the most part, they did that. Amon Ross St. Brown had two catches. I want to say forty-nine yards. Right, one of them was a long touchdown. I think he was either on the second possession or the third possession. It was one of their touchdowns in the first half. And he had one other catch in the game for 24 yards. But, you know, they they did, for the most part, take him away. My issue is, to me, that kind of gets away from your core beliefs as a defense. And I get it. You don't have Marshawn. But my, un, like, the, the whole, like, the, the build of this defense is supposed to be you go man-to-man and you take away receivers and then you, you that frees you up to play over the top or to come up and run support, or you know, to to take away tight ends. And it's like you know that tight ends have been destroying you, yet your defensive scheme was to take away a receiver and and allow Jordan Howden to have to defend Sam Laporta one on one all day long. Yeah, and I just think right. that was a mistake. Right. Was it going to take you to finally make an adjustment when Laporta went ten targets, ten catches? Is that right. is that the Maybe at halftime when you see like this is not working. Yeah. Although to be fair, in fairness, even though Sam Laporta went off, the defense did hold up pretty well in the second half of that game. It obviously, you know, I think that last possession, it was like, you know they're throwing to Sam Laporta. You know they're throwing to Sam Laporta. <laughs> and they did it. Um and it's like, can you just give Jordan some help? I thought Jordan had a kind of a rough game. I don't think yeah. he had his best game. He's a rookie. It happens, um, but yeah, that, that's just the tight ends thing, man. It's it's brutal. It's amazing how, at least for me, I am more forgiven because he is the rookie. I didn't think he was totally trash, so I can't get too down on how to. But it was a rough game. Oh, no, I mean, he didn't play terribly. He just played like a rookie. Like yeah. he just played like a guy who was kind of put into a role that he might not have been particularly ready for against the team that is offered a very difficult matchup, but I think he is the better option long-term. So I'm okay with that. Like he's going to take his lumps again. Like the defense I thought came up reasonably well in the second half of that game. I mean, again, they scored 21 of their 33 points in the first five minutes. And then, and then seven more points came after a crazy turnover. Right. So like in the, in the situations that were outside of that first five minutes and not after that awful turnover, the defense allowed five points. No, that doesn't make sense. Six points. Right. Uh, moving moving on. Um, the next one for me, the kind of, and a weird one, but it's, you know, I think Kat Terrell pointed this out earlier in the week, and it's definitely fair. So you, you talk about an offense and you talk about the openers. And what are the openers, right? The openers are the scripted plays that every team does. Like they have, a, they have usually a script or something like, 15 plays to start a game where, you know, and then the saints have talked about this is like, they've actually been eaten alive by scripted plays and they're getting unscouted looks. And I think the saints team is much better 
when they know what's coming in terms of they're into just kind of the based offense that they've scouted and they can have an idea of what the tendencies are in those openers teams will get a little more creative. They'll give you looks you haven't seen before. And a lot of times that will catch you off guard as a defense for the saints. It seems like the opposite is true, right? So you look at the first drive, obviously turnover next drive on, on one play next drive, three and out next drive, three and out next drive. You get a first down, it's five and out. You play, you run five plays and you punt. So that is your first 12 plays of the game have generated 22 yards of offense, three punts and a turnover. Go to the next drive when you are theoretically out of the scripted portion of your offense, right? This is when you are just kind of into your offense. 13 play drive, 94 yards, which is net. So you actually had a 10 yard penalty, but you overcame it. 94 yards for a touchdown. 13 plays, 94 yards for a touchdown. So in the scripted portion of your offense, you were inept in every sense of the word. The second you got out of that, you you drove the field for a touchdown. Does that not seem like a problem to you? Does that seem like the script writers need editors? Like, if this was a script for a movie, that movie would never get made because it's a terrible movie. The script sucks. What? <laughs> it takes too long to get into it to be interested. There's nothing from the start. It's no, there's no pop at the beginning. Right, right. It's just a movie with a bunch of old dudes sitting around a table being like, ah, oh, remember the good old days. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's just a problem. Like, you know, like you watch these other teams and they just go straight down the field because they have a plan and it works. <laughs> Saints, I don't know if the plan isn't working. I don't know if the execution isn't there. But, like, these are scripted plays at the beginning of the game and they never seem to work. So it's like at a certain point, just don't script them. At a certain point, it's like if the script isn't working, just get rid of the script and, and just start with your tempo offense and just go from there. Like the more and more you get dive into this team and like, like again, you are not seeing a team that's getting better. That's one of the tenets of what made the Sean Payton and Drew Brees era so good is the Saints often struggled early in the year. But they got better as the season went on. Look, 2017, you started 0-2. It was doom and gloom, right? Well, yeah, but you had an eight-game win streak or whatever in the middle of that season. You turned things around. You got to the playoffs, and you are playing your best football when you get into the postseason. That is not the case right now. And, and like, that's just – I think the scripted plays are just a great indicator of that. Like, there is – it's not working. The like I said before, it's like the offense is the same old thing from last season. Different quarterback, more money, but same results. Like, and it looks like even worse. Yeah, <laughs> Andy Dalton right. could be five and seven, right? That's like as my guy. My point from the last thing was like, right? You could never, if you had a, you could have kept Taysom Hill, invested money somewhere else, and uh, like. You, I mean, it's like five and seven. Like I could, t- a lot of people could go five and seven. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate that. Take it off from you because I, I don't. I, I totally think that's possible too. And you could have invested that money wherever you wanted instead of on the quarterback that is failing. All right. So, so that's all I got for for stock down. Did you have any others? Um, uh, trying to think. You know, it's uh, no, no, no one really in the stock down category. You haven't mentioned though. Okay, that's fair. Because everyone did so well. I just like off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone 
and I, I just felt like we piled on enough right now. Yeah, I mean, stock down Derek Carr's health, right? <laughs> right. Derek Carr's right. brain health. Um, the, what the Saints are left on the hook for, that's that's not stock down. Michael Thomas' social media presence, that sort of thing. You know, we don't need to do that. Um, Mike, so yeah, let's, much love for Mike T, though, but yeah, stay off social media. It's just, it's not helping anybody. Let's put it that way. So let's close this out with just a quick stock up segment. The first one, Saints red zone offense. We talked about it all week. It it was bad. You know, I, it, like the approach was bad. The execution was bad. I thought today, you know, granted against a bad red zone defense, we talked about that going in. But like, to me, it's like, if you couldn't get it done in the red zone against this defense, then that's a, that's, that's a huge problem, you know? And, and so they went four for four in the red zone. It's what kept you alive, right? Like the difference, what, what kept the saints within spitting distance in this game was the lions had to settle for field goals, which they did twice and in the red zone and the saints scored touchdowns all four times. They ran the ball in the red zone. They obviously got Jimmy Graham involved. I just thought the approach was much more effective and, and, and designed and like you didn't get behind the sticks. You didn't have any bad penalties. The execution was good. So like, I can't complain about that. Like I spent all week complaining about it and they came out and they put on a good red zone showing and if it wasn't for some of these other crazy things that happened, that might have been enough to go win a game. If you had done some, if you had had a performance like that last week, you 100% would have been the Falcons, but you didn't. And so, you know, it's like, it's, it just seems like every game, it's one thing that doesn't work and you fixed one thing from last week, but then something else breaks. And so, you know, that, that's, that's kind of where we're at. But I can't complain about the red zone offense. They did do a good job today. Yeah, surprisingly, there's nothing that you can say. You know, when you're perfect, four for four, all all all's good there. You're just, you know, surprised that it took so long to to get things in order enough to to be that way. It was amazing. I know that's going to be probably uh, one of the guys, and you you mentioned then obviously stock up, Jimmy Graham. Hey, what do you know? The the guy that his one job is to catch touchdowns in the red zone came through doing just that. Yeah, he caught a touchdown in the Superdome. Like that's cool. I'm excited for him. Cool. We we like that. Yeah, like the season is rough. Um, so I'm gonna take small victories, and that's one of them. All right, moving forward, I only have a couple more, and they're both linebackers. Nephi Sewell, you know, I didn't. It it wasn't always perfect, right? Like I think he struggled in coverage a little bit. You know, uh, it's first. He's a UDFA, a second year pro who was thrust into action for the first time in terms of real action. And he obviously there's going to be some struggles. I think in the early part of the game, he and the rest of the defense were just kind of overwhelmed. But I thought he came on real strong. I thought he made some really nice plays in the second half. He was tied for the team lead in tackles. He had two TFLs. There was one play that I think they ran a reverse and he just he just got he he kind of just bent under a block and like made a play in the backfield. You know, like I think he made a couple nice tackles. You didn't know what to expect without Pete Werner. There's a lot of reasons you lost this game. There's a lot of things that went wrong. I thought that Nephi was not one of them. I thought that he was solid. And so, you know, good for him. Uh, I think one of the things this team has done well over the years is develop linebackers. And maybe he could be another one. Yeah, that was a cool little side adventure to this game was the brother versus brother aspect. And then, yeah, uh, I didn't realize, uh, obviously, there's they have another brother who also plays for the Bears. And then there's also... Uh, in the USFL. Yeah, and then they had two uncles. 
who played <laughs> in the NFL. It's like the family. It's like the family business of that of the Sewells is uh, NFL. Literally, literally football in the blood, but uh, awesome for Sewell, who, you know, you know, get, getting his opportunity. And it, like you said, wasn't perfect, but it uh, was really someone who made who made an impact on the team for sure. Like you said, tied with tackles, uh, made his uh, presence in the backfield there and just interested to see what obviously someone he could do going forward might be. I don't know how long Pete Warner is going to end up being out. Right. And like, this is a, like, if there was any game that I was worried about Pete missing in terms of a team that runs the ball, the way the lions do, you know, it's, it's on, it's on the linebackers. Like the linebackers have to get off blocks and make tackles. And while this saints team couldn't tackle worth a lick, just generally speaking, um, I thought, I thought Nephi did a good job of that. So he's on my stock up list. The the other one is uh, Zach Bond, you know, a guy who I have been wondering for so long, why, they didn't why they he's never been used as a pass rusher. <laughs> it's what he did well in college. <laughs> it just makes sense for whatever reason. They just cannot find ways to incorporate him. Well, today he gets he gets a chance to rush the passer and he does a really good job. He has he gets some nice bend around the edge there. He beat a tackle, got up for a sack, he had another tackle for loss. Like I I don't understand the usage of Zach Bond. I don't know why you drafted him if you're not going to use him in terms of what he does well. Um, he also had a nice play in coverage that didn't count because of a hold on Demario on the other side of the field. But it's like the one play that Sam Laporta got targeted and didn't make a catch, he was the one who covered him. Um, granted, like it obviously didn't count. But if Sam had caught it, it would have counted because they would have declined the penalty. So you know, I can't. You, unders- I, I think- you undersold the sack, first career sack. Yeah, yeah. Well, how, but that's my how point. unreal is that? Yeah, like you exactly. said, un- underutilized m- miss. You know, misput in this off the, the defense for whatever reason. You know, you knew why you drafted him, but for some reason, never put him in that the position to be that guy. Well, the problem is, is he's an outside linebacker uh, on a four three defense. It never made sense. The, he's one of those. He's one of those players that you know. I think they they call him a ninety nine or something like that. Where it's like he's not a scheme fit, but he's talented. So it's like maybe we will take him because he dropped. And we'll see if we can figure out a way to use him, because uh, like he's not a he's not a scheme fit for the Saints. He's not a four three linebacker. He's a three four linebacker. But they just never found a way to use him as a pass rusher. And you saw like what you saw today. Like that's that's his best skill is rushing the passer. Um, and so you know maybe that's something we can see more of. You know especially with Marshawn out, you're gonna need to generate a pass rush. So man, maybe over these last five games. Zach can go out there and earn himself a contract. The Saints won't give him, <laughs> like Caden. Um, and uh, we'll see. But I, you know, he's on my stock up list. I thought he had a solid day. Yeah, well, I'm I'm happy for the guy. After three years, he finally got his first sack. Thank thank you, Zach Bond, for contributing and actually being a pass rusher for this squad. It was amazing to see. I can't re- remember the last time we saw the, the quarterback get taken down with that much effort. Feels like a while. <laughs> the the last one I'll mention. Alvin Kamara, you know, he just keeps doing Alvin Kamara things. He, if like he's he's been trying for a while now to carry this offense, kicking and screaming to competence, and uh, he's takes he takes them as far as he can every week. And you know, this was another example of that. You know, he just he's just efficient. He makes plays uh, today at fourteen carries, fifty one yards. Not a great average, but you know, two touchdowns. Um, he became the Saints franchise leader in rushing touchdowns 
two separate times because <laughs> the first right. time they they overturned it and then the Taysom ran it in. So so, so they like they they had the whole celebration like oh we're a franchise rushing leader and then they took it back and then he got it later in the game. Um, but you know he also had six catches for 58 yards. He's leading the NFL in catches for running backs and he missed the first three games of the season. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's always, Alvin's always going to be Alvin. And, you know, I think Nick Underhill tweeted this and it, it's like, it's a, it's a shame because, you know, is Alvin going to miss the hall of fame because this offense eroded around him in ways he had no control over because, you know, I think that he's a hall of fame type talent running back. And this offense has just been so bad that he's been kind of just flung off to the side in terms of the conversations. Like even like fantasy football conversations, no one talks about him anymore. He did like, uh, you know, seriously injure a guy on the sideline today. And we didn't talk about that. That was wild. Um, Nick Piazza is a chain gang guy. He's, we got an update. He had a dislocated knee, which was like, Oh man, it looked awful on television. Yeah. For sure. and he's, uh, he's at the university medical center. Um, doesn't sound like he's going to need surgery, but man, that's, Oh God. So uh, I don't even want to think about it. That makes me cringe just thinking about it. And they show you, you could see it on the broadcast. Like they didn't even show necessarily a replay. You could just see it live um, because he just rolled right up into him and his leg was just pointing the, not the right way. Yeah, um, I made, Bobby wanted to see it. So I made the mistake of looking up the replay on Twitter and it was not pretty. No, don't look for it. Nah. Um, yeah, hopefully, you know, yeah, hopefully he can, uh, he can get back from that. I mean, that's, yeah, that, oh God, I just, oh, it's just painful to think about. Um, head on the swivel on the sideline, son. Well, right. That's why, like, when I say, like, I, I run for my life when guys are coming at me, it's like, because that's, I don't want my leg breaking. Um, <laughs> like, even like, like Sean Payton, remember when Sean Payton got hit by Jimmy Graham and he was like, broke his leg? Like it's not that difficult. These guys are huge, and they're going real fast. It's like getting hit by a car over there. Yeah, you're not going to gain anything out of this what at all. Is no, you're you not winning. Like you're not winning in that uh, that collision. Um, all right, you that, can't go to Morris Bar and him even get you a settlement or anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> One call. That's all. Um, okay, that's all I got. Any, anything else you want to add for the stock up before we move on? Uh. I'll give a shout out to Chris Olave just being able to good game. Yep. Yeah, good game getting through the concussion protocol. I guess that's really nothing that he did, I guess you would say on his end, but thankfully I, I thought I thought that was going to be a big difference maker for this team in the game. Um he at least had a, a decent game, but would would love to see him get in the end zone, obviously. Yes, his brain performed very well today. Yeah. Proud it, was, of it. it wasn't all you know, him in La La Land. He, he was. Yeah, he it wasn't. It wasn't ping ponging around in there. It was very stable and and secure. And uh, that's what you want to see from a from a brain. No one was giving him dirty looks about running wrong routes or anything. No, no, he ran the correct routes as far as I could tell. Although Jameis did miss him on a pretty important play there, which was very frustrating. All right, let's close this segment out. We're going to come back to a quick mailbag. This All is right. Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He is Steve Geller. We are talking about the Saints, twenty eight. Lions, I almost forgot the team. The Lions, 33. The Fighting Dan Campbells, MCDC, 33-28. What's up? I slipped and called them the Detroit Vikings today. I don't know why, but I did. There were probably some Vikings in Detroit at some point. You got water Detroit, there, right? The Detroit Vikings. <laughs> okay. Motor City. More like 
I don't know. I, I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, this is Inside Black and Gold. Stick around. We will be right back. 